Hey y'all, before we begin, I want to make sure you know about my live parent workshops. One Friday a month, I host a live virtual parent workshop on topics related to raising neurodivergent kids and teens. We cover topics like how to talk to your child about their diagnosis, how to support negative self-talk, and navigating school for your child. You can register for workshops one at a time, or you can become an all-access subscriber on Substack for instant access to all the workshops and replays. To browse the workshop library and subscribe, go to learnwithdremily.substack.com and click Parent Workshops. Hey y'all, before we begin, if you're a school administrator who loves watching your teachers and students thrive, but you feel your staff needs more training to meet the needs of such a diverse group of learners, I am here for you. I am now offering professional development for pre-K through 8th grade educators, both in-person and virtually. For more information about pricing and scheduling, go to learnwithdremily.com schools to get started. Welcome to Learn with Dr. Emily, the podcast where parents and teachers come together for neurodivergent youth. I'm your host, Dr. Emily King, child psychologist and former school psychologist, and I am on a mission to help everyone understand that nurturing neurodivergent children isn't about changing them, but about changing us. Each week, I share my thoughts on topics related to child development, mental health, parenting, education, and parent-teacher collaboration. You can read more on my Substack at learnwithdremily.substack.com or listen here. So let's get started with today's topic. Today, we are going to be talking about surviving the post-vacation letdown, sometimes which looks like a meltdown, with your neurodivergent child. So the spring break season is here, and if you are listening to this on the day that it drops, I am actually on a family field trip with my family. So when we hit spring break every year, it means that we are taking a break from school and spending time with family and friends. It also means traveling often or late bedtimes and likely some more sugar for our kids. But for our neurodivergent children, those with ADHD, anxiety, or those who are autistic, spring break also means different schedules, unknown routines, and often more dysregulation. I often work with families to create vacation routines that differ from home and school routines, but are consistent enough to keep children regulated while experiencing new things during their travels. For more traveling tips for your neurodivergent child, be sure to check out episode 16 of the podcast. It's called How to Teach Your Neurodivergent Child to Travel. And many families have found success with the strategies I mentioned in that podcast. But today's podcast is to talk all about supporting your child after you come home. So I refer to this as the vacation mode mind shift, and we all experience it. So let me explain. I grew up in North Carolina, which meant that I was able to take weekend trips so we can drive to the beach or drive to the mountains and just spend a weekend there. This, of course, left little time to shift gears when returning home on Sunday evening, but it was always kind of worth it. I recall feeling sad, though, always feeling sad leaving the beach or leaving the mountains. My sadness usually just lasted the span of the car trip home, which was around two to four hours, depending on where we were going. 
But that's really all I needed as a kid to shift from vacation mode to school week mode. It also always helped that the next weekend trip usually wasn't too far away. What I'm describing can be much more difficult for kids who struggle with anxiety, rigidity, and transition. Returning from a vacation is the ultimate transition. The small version of this type of transition is when we ask kids to stop playing and come to dinner. I like to think of the medium version of this transition is like every Sunday night when our kids have to shift from weekend mode to school week mode. I think one of the hardest types of transitions is leaving vacation and returning to the real world. And it's hard for us, so it's especially hard for our kids. So what does this shift look like? In children who can verbalize their emotions, this may involve noticing that they're sad and talking through the transition. But for children who are not yet able to fully process or express their emotions, the post-vacation letdown could look more like a post-vacation meltdown full of irritability, rigidity, emotional sensitivity, arguing, or what some parents just describe as their child being off. We have to think about the patterns that kids are seeing, especially our autistic children. So many autistic children think in patterns. It's how they make sense of the world, when so much feels unknown and overwhelming to them. In one of my favorite books, Uniquely Human, Dr. Barry Prezant does a phenomenal job explaining how soothing patterns can be for autistic kids. Dr. Prezant quotes his friend, Michael John Carley, in this book, and it's one of my favorite quotes about anxiety. Michael John Carley is an autistic adult who explains that the opposite of anxiety isn't calm. The opposite of anxiety is trust. So when autistic children do not have a pattern to trust, they become anxious. We all do, don't we? And that leads to dysregulation. So to help your neurodivergent child remain regulated at school or in your home, you and your child's team have likely created and relied on predictable routines. I often work with families to create weekend routines to help children trust the plan even when the day is different from a school day. These trusted patterns I call schemas. Autistic children often develop schemas to make sense of the world. This is why one skill may not generalize to another setting or another person because it was learned within that schema or pattern and must be learned again when the variables change. So that's the same way with travel. Travel seems to more often stretch kids, and I see so much growth happen with kids when they travel. So I also try to teach kids about this feeling of in the middle. So when I talk to my own children about the post-vacation letdown, it might sound something like this. Our lives are made up of patterns. We go to school and work during the week, and that is our learning time. We're home on the weekends, and that is our playtime. When we shift from learning to playing, we feel extra excited. Think like Friday afternoon. And when we shift from playing to learning, we feel kind of sad, like Sunday night blues. When we are in the middle of that playing to learning transition, it can feel kind of weird. So it does lead to some dysregulation, and kids just need to be aware of that. The excited version I mentioned of the dysregulation on Friday afternoon doesn't really feel bad, so we don't need to do anything to respond to it. 
But sometimes kids will have some difficulty with impulse control when they're like really excited about something on Friday. On the other hand, that sad version of the middle on Sunday night can really be a total bummer. I'm pretty sure we all have felt mopey on a Sunday night, dreading the work meeting at 8 a.m. or earlier on a Monday morning. When returning from vacation, some can just experience the middle or that feeling of being in between during the car ride home, but many of our kids need a longer time to process that strange feeling. I wanna say hi to all the teachers out there learning with me. Thank you so much for being an educator. I see you and appreciate you and how you keep showing up for our students every single day. In my work as a school psychologist, I know that it helps to have a way to stay organized when thinking about your students' needs. That's why I created two free resources for you. The regulation roster helps you notice how your students seek emotional regulation and keep track of it. And the reframing behavior worksheet helps you problem solve emotional dysregulation when it happens. For these free downloads, go to learnwithdremily.com slash roster or learnwithdremily.com slash reframing behavior to get started. I want to welcome any parents who are new to this journey. If your child has just been identified as autistic or diagnosed with ADHD, learning differences, or is twice exceptional, welcome. You are in the right place. You may also be overwhelmed by all the calls and emails you're having to make to providers as you're building your child's team. That's why I created the Referral Tracker, which is a free download at learnwithdremily.com tracker. This free resource explains what each provider does and gives you a template to keep track of all your research. Just go to learnwithdremily.com tracker to get started. So here's how we can help. Number one, take time to transition. My family figured out long ago that we need at least an extra day, sometimes even a whole weekend between vacation and the work week. Sometimes we need to fill that day with unpacking, laundry, grocery shopping. It also helps us to shift out of vacation mode and into work week mode. Your child may need even more time, especially if sleep cycles are off due to time zones or late bedtimes on vacation. Some kids can process the change in a day with just one night's sleep, while others will need the entire weekend. Number two, create a routine for this middle feeling. So schedule that same routine when returning home that you think your child needs. So when you're turning home from a trip, having something to look forward to during that time of transition. So often this is a hard time for them. So you can plan a favorite activity to look forward to while you're doing all the grocery shopping and laundry. You could have them spend some time with an extended family member or family friend that they love and have missed on vacation. Even just doing the regular weekend routine you would do before any school week can help to reboot their system to prepare them for the Sunday night transition ahead. Transitioning from vacation to school is sometimes just too far of a jump, but transitioning from the feeling of just a regular weekend at home to school is much more doable and also familiar. Number three, downplay the trip. This one kind of goes against what we want to do. We want to talk about our trip. We all want to talk about how wonderful the vacation was when we returned home, but it could be a trigger to talk about it so soon for some kids. 
It might feel unnatural for parents to de-emphasize such a great trip, but it can be beneficial to keep the rehashing of awesome events to a minimum or not at all until more time has passed. Talking about how fun the trip was just reminds children of how much they miss it and can dysregulate them more when they're already feeling the weirdness of the middle. Number four, go ahead and start talking about the next family field trip. This can be very helpful for getting children to move through that sadness and think more about planning the next one. Looking ahead also reminds them that this is a pattern of vacation and home and it keeps going. Number five, explain that your lives are a balance between learning and playing. If life was all learning and work, we would burn out. If we only played, we would not make progress. Not to mention that we would all run out of money. This can be hard for children to grasp, but they can often understand the pattern of taking breaks from learning so they can play. The hard part can be convincing them that the learning is helpful. Pointing out how you needed math to calculate the ride times at Disney or needed science to predict the weather or using your understanding of history to enjoy those museums, children can see why learning is essential to enjoying their playtime. We can't have one without the other. So some families listening may feel like, I can't travel with my kid yet. So I want you to remember that word yet. So families often know when their child is ready to travel, but sometimes the strong emotions of that post-vacation letdown are too much for families to manage, and they may avoid traveling altogether. It just doesn't seem worth it yet. Remember, your child is growing and constantly developing. This summer, it may not feel possible to travel, but a year from now may be a different story. Traveling often expands flexibility in anxious children and creates strong memories for them. The sadness of the middle can only exist because the excitement of the vacation was so fantastic. Once this balance feels worth it, you know it's time to plan that vacation, or as I call it, the family field trip. This has been Learn with Dr. Emily, the podcast. For more resources, including both parent, teacher, and school resources, visit learnwithdremily.com or read my substack at learnwithdremily.substack.com. Also, we are publishing this podcast weekly, so make sure you're subscribed by pressing the plus, follow, or subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're using right now. This podcast is edited by EarFluence. All information discussed on this podcast is for educational purposes only. If you have immediate concerns about your child, please reach out to a mental health or medical professional. I'm Dr. Emily King, and we will keep learning together next week.